Welcome to the Beretta Brothers. We are a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to theberettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. (laughs) Where did you get that music? (laughs) That music is from uh, when I played in a band years and years ago with my writing partner and band partner, Dan Meacham. The band is called Babylon Sound. The song is called Today. It's a great Um, song. You should post it. If you and Dan are together on it, you should put it up on our website. You both should be putting that stuff out there. It's so good. I'll put it on a video and put it in the video part of our uh, our website. I guess that's the only way I can post it on the website. Um, Okay. Yeah. You can put it on our YouTube channel, can't you? I don't know. You guys should do a Babylon Sound YouTube channel or something and put, you guys should talk and get it figured out because there's no reason that sh- stuff shouldn't be out there. You know, it's really great music. Thank you. People would bl- be blown away, I think. No. Do it. <laughs> talk to Dan and do it. I will. All right, well, let's go. Why don't we tell them, remind the people who won the championship? No, they didn't win the championship. They won uh, our next competitors for the episode of, oh, I knew that. Oh, I knew that. Last yes, week, we, we announced them on our Q&A show, and we are going to have Madison Mantis going up against Tyler Partnow. It's going to be good. They sound you like know, they know what they're talking win. about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. You are. No. Mm-hmm. Well, be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice, boys and girls. <laughs> and uh, the questions are provided by toughpigs.com, so you know it's going to be tough. Thank you, Tough but Pigs. We don't know when that episode's coming up yet, but we'll let you know. All right. Why don't and, we tell uh, you who's coming up, though, on September 5th, gang? Ricky Gervais. Ah, Ricky Gervais. I just China. watched the, the whole second season of Afterlife, which is pretty cool. Really mm-hmm. great. You should. You, get, you need to watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, Last, last uh, shameless plugs real quick. Um, go to thebrettabrothers.com and that's where you can see our past episodes and that's where you can get the links to the new episodes and sign our subscribe. mail list and subscribe. go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and all good things. There's videos to watch and photos to see, things like yes. that. And listen, mm-hmm. listen, you got to subscribe. I don't want to make like a thing out of it, but you got to subscribe so that we can keep doing it. So if you could, it's not like a big thing. It's not like we're going to send you tons of shit that you don't want. You got to just subscribe. Thank you. And tell your friends. Yeah. Tell everybody. Just pass it on. Just say subscribe. What's a big you know, thing? Like a button. You know who's a big fan of our show? Who? Kirk Thatcher. <gasps> mm, maybe we should have him on. I, you know what? I can get him really fast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. How soon do you want him? Now. Can we get him now? And so you shall. Well, he is here. Gonna have to live with it. I know. I asked him, like, could he do it another day or maybe, you know, in a few months? Oh. Hoping he might get some other things booked and not be able well, to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, he mentioned yeah, he, he had some things. And I said, okay, go. It's okay, go. But I don't know. If he's going to do it anyway. So, um, uh, well, should we bring him on? Yes. Um, now that you mentioned him, I'm, I'm quite fond of the man. So let's bring him on. What do you say? You know, I'm interested very much in hearing anything that comes from his incredible mind. Yes. Shall we Let's bring him? Shall Let's we? Go. Let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kirk Athe Thatchery. Oh! 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 oh hello, boys! Hello. hello! How are Marcus, you? I was just perusing the works of the immortal Bard, as I am wont to do during these long days of quarantine. You know, yeah. keeps the yeah. mind sharp, as we yeah. called him on campus, Billy. Yes. <laughs> very droll, Genovese. Very droll. Yes. Kirk, 
It's lovely to see you, I must say. Marvelous to see both of you. I must say, you're both looking quite well. Oh, oh, oh. I return oh. the compliment, my fine man. Oh, tell wait. us, tell us, yes. where did it, where has it, where did it begin? Where did it begin in the Thatcher family with you? Let's speak origins. I was born when I was quite young at the time. Yeah. I don't remember much. <laughs> yeah. I, I was uh, raised in the Los Angeles area. Oh. Southern California, where Hollywood was uh, quite nearby, adjacent, you might say. An Angelino? And... What's that? An Angelino. Yes, yes. Oh. A, native, a native Angelino by birth. Hmm. A third generation upon one side, actually. It's very, Ooh, very rare. Yes. Very rare, yeah. yes. And, and you'd think I would have a better tan. <laughs> but, but no, no, I'm afraid that is not the case. I'm no. as pale as the belly of a fish. <laughs> but now, were there other Thatchers? Other yes. siblings? Yes, I, I was raised with a brother, Jeffrey. Mm, Jeffrey. He is in the construction industry. He builds and remodels homes. Jeffrey. A G E O F or a J E F F? It's it's the more Americanized uh, spelling of J E F F. And uh, we we are as different as they say as chalk and cheese. Ah. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm the cheesy one. And <laughs> and was he the senior or the junior? No, he's he's exactly eleven months younger than I am, almost to the day. Ooh, mom and dad were busy. Mom and dad were busy. Well, actually, we were adopted, so oh. they uh, they were very busy just keeping tabs on me. And they were uh, they were they were rather uh, foolish to bring another uh, son into the mix, but they did. Uh, God bless them, because it was not easy. Wonderful. So you were you were adopted, you say? Yes, I was adopted. I do say that because it is indeed the truth. And and that's quite interesting. And as an adopted child, yes. growing up in the Los Angeles area, was it fun? <laughs> well, I must... I take issue with the term growing up. I did age. <laughs> I, I matured, if you will, but that doesn't mean I am mature or aged. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it was fun in that I was interested in the uh, cinema as, oh. as not only a diversion, uh, but also as a career. So seeing that uh, there were indeed vocations and avocations in the industry of cinema, or film, mm. if you will, mm. I was... Moving um, pictures. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, and also the television was quite popular as a child. And I, I realized that I, not only did I enjoy viewing these uh, productions, but I was also quite curious and, and interested in, in, in making them. I don't have a clue as to what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> what does it have to do with being adopted? <laughs> oh, you asked if it was fun. Yes. Uh, it was fun because Hollywood was nearby. Ah. It's just like being a child. You have, you, you have no reference point of what it's like to not be adopted. Yes, this I understand. Yes. Did you have a but, beard? Did I have a what? A, a beard. beard like that when you were small. Uh, yes, uh, I grew a beard when I was six months old. Oh. The doctors were, were quite concerned, but my erudition was such that they said it, it felt correct. Your erudition? No, my erudition. Ah. I still don't know he, what that means. He's still <laughs> clueless. <laughs> All right, cut. It's enough of that business. Do we need another take? Sister? No. Cut. Right, so you. But, just no, no. Normal. That was silly. <laughs> but so I didn't realize both you and your brother were both adopted. I yeah, didn't yeah, know we're that. Both adopted. We both knew it. My parents told me from the day I could understand it. Yeah. And it was very loving. They're like. We wanted you, you know, you, you grew in another lady's tummy, but we wanted you so much. And the doctor called us when you were born. Wow. And the, the lady who had you couldn't, couldn't keep you. It wasn't right. It wouldn't have been a good situation for you. And, and I did meet my biological mother in my mid-30s. I, I, I oh, sought wow. her out. You were, not only, um, you were not only interested in finding out, and, or at least learning for yourself, but you were concerned for her, the woman yeah, and what she had been living with. I was, you know, I'd won an Emmy. I mean, I was on 
I was, right. you know, incredibly fortunate. Um, well, I and my brother, uh, and my brother was incredibly fortunate to have me as a brother. I mean, that's kind of awesome. That's how I feel about you know, Gene's so yeah. lucky to have me. He's so lucky. I mean, look at him with his, with his light bulb head and the little hat that's too small. He's like, yeah. He doesn't even know oh, we're lucky talking about. No, lucky doesn't so I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Your need to brag about the Emmy to your mom. Where did, <laughs> It was. It's the only thing I ever won. I was like, I'm. I'm happy. I'm doing. You're well. happy. Like, if, she, yes. if I met her now, I'd be like, I'm broke. There's no work. I'm dying <laughs> of COVID. Um, so anyway, I, I met her and I met. Geez, I. They all lived up in the San Francisco. All live in the San Francisco area. I have. Oh wow. Uh, two two half sisters, a half brother, wow. like seven nephews and one niece. Oh my and, gosh. Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. So it was great because I, I lived up there, so I knew the Bay Area. And, um, yeah, and I'm close. Uh, she lived like another 12 years after I met my biological mom. Actually, so was it a good, a good thing for you? Did it, it was, was great. It... Yeah. I, I still stay in touch with my, 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 my half brother and my half sister. She comes down stays with me. My brother, my half brothers come down. I, I went to my, two of my nephew's weddings. Uh, one of them just had another kid. So yeah, I suddenly, my family size tripled. Wow. Are, are all, all of them imp all, all impressed with the Emmy? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I make them call me sir, sir, oh, because of it. Right, that's so nice. And it, but I, uh, but so what amazing people your parents are, because that yes. I, people felt awkward about doing that sort of thing, or families oh, yeah. weren't sure how to deal with. I mean, that's a very well, strong I, yes, pair of also, people, couple it, it, to do that. It depends on how you're raised, and they had always told me that you know I was adopted, but that meant they really wanted me. In other words, it's not someone didn't want you; it's we really wanted you. Right. And she couldn't keep you for, for reasons that we, you know, aren't really our business. Right. Um, and so I just like, oh, that's cool. I mean, please stop hugging me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it was yeah. like, I've, I've never felt, I've never felt unloved. That's one nice thing about uh, the way I was raised and, right. and then even finding, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate and lucky. And I, and I, I, I thank Miami every day that, did I mention that I won an Emmy? No, no, no. you didn't mention that. You it, yeah. Do you have it there? I, have it? It's, in, it's in the shrine. Oh. You, when you enter the house, you have to uh, rub its feet and, and oh, reflect. put a coin in. Yeah. yeah. It's non-secular, non though, so I just call it bowing to the Emmy. Got it. Emmy. So, so then, I, where do you think this incredible artistic ability that you have comes from? Have you no, seen well, signs of it in different places? It's funny. Nature versus nurture. My my both of my parents who raised me were lovely are were lovely people, but yeah. not a creative. My mom used this phrase: not a creative bone in, if you, in both of their bodies. My yeah. mom was a teacher. She would say, I, "I couldn't draw a box." And my dad was a lawyer, very scholarly, incredibly educated. Wow. But none of they. Uh, my dad told me when I was a kid that all artists were bums. Um, and he said that because when in World <laughs> War II. He was older. Uh, he was 43, I think, when I was born. Uh, he, the only artists he knew that he, you know, typified as artists were the guys, uh, the artists in Paris, <laughs> who sat along the Seine with their little paintings and, you know, were selling them uh, for five francs. And right. that, to him, were artists. They lived, you know, they smoked dirty cigarettes and looked unshaven and, and yeah. were kind of very bums. bohemian. And, and they were bums. all bummed because it was after the war, so none of them had had work for a while. But, um, you know, he, it was funny because he loved music. He played classical music on the mm. piano. And so mm. he respected the arts, but he just thought it's a terrible way to make a living. Right. Uh, but when did you, you know, when did you start to realize you could make more than a box? <laughs> I drew since I was like four. Mm. I loved creatures. I loved, you know, Sesame Street. I loved the monsters on that. I loved... I, I just, it, for me though, it's funny because uh, people like, I drew to think on paper. I was very visual. I think visually. So for mm. me, it's kind of like thinking. It, it took me a long time to start writing. Uh, and I kind of do both now, but I, I actually write more now. Write more, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, so I was always doodling and I, I love comic books. I was always drawing creatures and superheroes and, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then just love movies like King. I think King Kong and Bride of Frankenstein were two. That and uh, sorry, Ray Harryhausen's movie Jason and the Argonauts. 
which was shown on TV all the time. And they just, you know, I was like, I want to do that. And then Star Wars came out, and that just was like, that sealed the deal. I was like, I'd already already knew that I wanted to work in films, probably since I was 10 or 12. Either films, it's funny, I either wanted to work in films or design theme parks for Disney, be a Disney Imagineer. And again, it's because I lived in L.A., I knew those were jobs you could have. We didn't know anybody. My, I think my my parents knew one artist, and actually I didn't even know until he passed away how famous he was. His name was Maurice Noble, and he did a lot of the classic Warner Brothers cartoons, layouts, and backgrounds. Oh, yeah. he, he's wow. very famous. I just knew they said, oh, we know this artist who, who um, works on the Bugs Bunny cartoons. And I was like, great. And we went to their house and had dinner. And I remember the, all the paintings in the house were just flowers and, you know, like classic oil paintings. <laughs> right. And I was kind of disappointed. And then I think he said, do you want to see my art room where he did his work? And uh, and there were some, you know, more cartoon backgrounds. But right. I was just watching Duck Dodgers recently, and they're so much fun. Um, so I met him and was duly unimpressed because I didn't, I was too stupid to know <laughs> what, you know, that he did. But then my grandmother... Again, I just knew her as my grandmother who had a lot of antiques, but she'd been a screenwriter back in the 40s and 50s. But when I knew her, she was just a nice, very... So she was a writer. Did she oh. write, write anything Anything we would know? or Well, you probably don't we know it, but you might have heard Caged, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I think, wow. let me just double check. Because she wrote, a, I think I was under the impression she wrote one of the first women in prison movies. Because she had been a journalist and she'd actually... <laughs> Uh, been uh, incarcerated for uh, false pretenses to live amongst inmates for a couple months so she could write this article wow. about what it's like to be in a woman's prison. Her name was Virginia <laughs> Kellogg. Wait a minute. It's not... Did... White Heat? White she, Heat. She wrote it. White Heat? Wow. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, White um, Heat with uh, James Cagney? Cagney. Yeah, yeah, where he goes, I'm on top of the world, Mom! She- But anyway, like this is like, that's what's funny is uh, I'm finding this stuff out uh, as an adult because we didn't, she never talked about it. My grandmother told her, my mom told me this years later, do everything you can to talk them out of it. Because <laughs> they're like, you're giving up. My parents would have paid for me to go to Harvard. Like they, they really <laughs> thought it was right. important to get a, a college education. Right. And I was like, I can go make Star Wars movies. Why would I want to waste my time at college? Yeah. Um, and so my grandmother said, you know, talk him out of it. And then my mom said, well, he's, he's got this offer to work at Lucasfilm. And, and my grandmother said, to her credit, she goes, well, if he's that talented and that driven, then he'll probably do okay. And that's yes. exactly what's happened. I've done okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, Amazing. So what was the first, like, big thing you went, oh, my God, I'm doing this? How, do, how am I here? Jedi. Jedi. The Jedi. I got so... Just very lucky. Uh, again, living in L.A., my mom came home from church one day when a Star Wars had come out. It had been out for maybe a month or two. So yeah. it was 1977, and she came home, and she said, Hey, I met a gal at church whose son worked on Star Wars. And I'm like, nope, that's like, what did he do? Or what's her name? She goes, her name's Johnson. I think her son's name is like, is it Joe Johnston? She's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. It's Joe. I said, I have his sketchbooks. He's like, he designed the spaceships and storyboard. I mean, he's he's the guy I want to be. I want to do that, you know? Wow. And so next, next Sunday, I'm all dressed up, nice tie and comb my hair. And I go to church, which I didn't particularly enjoy doing. And I met her and, you know, uh, asked her if it'd be all right if, if I met her son. And she said, well, yeah, I, I think so. Let me, I'll, I'll give you his number or whatever. She, she set it up. And so I called him. And he gave me a tour of ILM. Now, ILM was the uh, effects facility that right. did all the, the special effects. It was about a mile and a half from my house. No Again, way. So that was location. Wow. Yeah. It was right near Van Nuys Airport. And I grew up, I mean, literally, I, I think I mapped it out once. And it was like 1.8 miles. So ILM was, I didn't realize that's where ILM was. It was in Van Nuys? Was, yeah. We're showed my stuff. And every year I'd call them and, and uh they moved like that. I think a year later in '78, they moved to uh, to Marin County and did uh, Empire. So I kept in touch with them. And the summer I graduated high school was the summer of '79. It was the summer of '79. <laughs> um, 
So, so I, uh, after I graduated, uh, my, my brother and I and three buddies, the Mendozas, the kids we grew up with, we all took a trip. We just drove up to San Francisco. We hung out for a couple of days. And I called Joe and I said, hey, can we get a tour of ILM, the new ILM, right. in Marin County? And he said, sure. So I, we went on a Saturday and it was incredibly nice. Showed us around. I gave him this monster I'd made for a student film. Huh. And, uh, and you know, just it was like we spent two hours and we got to, you know, see the Millennium Falcon. Wow. Cool stuff from Star Wars and Empire. So got the tour and just was like, dude, whatever it takes, I want to work here. So went to UCLA for a quarter, yeah. And um, I wanted to be a film major, but they wouldn't even let you touch a camera until you were a junior. And I've been making Super Eight movies at home since I was ten or twelve. Um, this is before the Emmy, by the way, Gene. If you oh. hadn't won the Emmy yet, right, right. No, it was coming, but yeah, that's that's that's. I can't wait to hear from. about. You know what? I'm anxious to hear about the Emmy when we get to ah, that part. Well, I am. I am. I am I'm here all about that. Yeah. Is it anywhere close by? It's it's right here, actually. It's it's an Emmy from the planet Zorlon. That's what they looked like back then. Yeah. Well, it's from Zorlon. It's not an Earth, a human. Oh, Emmy. oh, oh! I see. His name, his actual name is Imalakian, and so they just shorten it for Emmy. us English speakers, all humans, to say Emmy. Yeah. Got it. Anyway. So you're so you're so you're in awe, and you're seeing Star Wars so things, and you can't wait. I want to work here. I go to UCLA for a trimester, and then I call him up. I've told this story pretty much every time I do an interview because it's, <laughs> it's a good story. Well, I don't want to I hear it. it. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I get the job. We've, we've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the job, and I move up. I start working on jobs. And then a lot was, of stuff happened, and then you directed. And, you got, and then you got your Emmy. And then I won yeah. an Emmy. Yeah. yeah, around 1990. Well, it's been great having you here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You've done wonders. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I want to go to the gallery. Come on. Let's go to the gallery. I want to actually go to the gallery. Should he I pick wanna... a number like we've done? Yeah, but let me just, since we've been talking about it. Oh, uh, there I am. Look, I was cute. I didn't weigh 300 pounds then. Is this from the same? That's Pro... Jedi. Yeah, that's me on the deck gun in Yuma, Arizona, where they built the exterior of Jabba's barge. And, uh, Somewhere right. in the Lucasfilm archives, there's a picture of me with Carrie Fisher. Carrie's in the um, Princess Leia outfit, and she had an SCTV button. SCTV oh, really? really big. And she had the button on her butt, on her bikini bottom. <laughs> and she's uh, Ralph Nelson, who was the still photographer, and she and he and I became friends and just goof around. So anyway, we were just bored one day. On, there's a picture of me somewhere like going. Oh, that's pointing, funny. Pointing, yeah. So is um, this... Is this from the same yeah, that's thing, right? Before, so this was before we started shooting when we made all the creatures. So most of the creatures were made in, uh, in Marin County at the at the creature unit. Um, and uh, that's me and all the Admiral Akbar creatures called the Mon Calamari. I, I painted all of them except for Akbar. Uh, Phil Tippett, who designed him, uh, painted that one. And then I, I set up the paint shop and ran. I painted most of the creatures that came out of... Uh, the Marin County shop. I would say so, over half of them. I was basically hired as a technical. I think my my, my title is creature technician. I kind of uh -huh. did everything. Uh, I, I molded, made molds, ca casting, painting, finishing. Um, uh -huh. That was the bulk of it, which was a lot. I, I, I set up the paint shop. I did, uh, I would say, probably, if you're going to cut it up into uh, jobs, it would have been like half molding and casting, half painting. Wow. And then finishing wow. was where you, you take it and you finish your gluing hair on or whatever. How cool. Okay, let's play. We're going we're gonna to play pick a number. You want to play pick a number? These are moments from your life. Okay. So well, We're going to jump around. Jump between, jump. between one and what? One and, oh, 37. 25. Number 25. He's going to pick 25. Number it's 25. a bingo. Did it make a bingo? Oh. Bingo! Tell us about this photo and this that's moment. A, that's my child. Yes. Yeah. She's uh, <laughs> much bigger now. Um, this was the publicity shot for Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. Uh -huh. And Snizzy was a character I designed for a show called Aliens in the Family. Yes. And so from uh, your 
from from your history, um, what we were just talking about, y when you were judging Creature Shop, you yeah. pretty much understood every element of what they were your contestants were doing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was just completely amazed at what they did in the two days there, three days they were given. In fact, um, I was like, "Geez, I mean, you know, we hear where I was like, I look, it shows up, and it looks like something." I, and it's funny because the producers were always in our ears. Okay, Kirk. Well, they'll say something you didn't like. I'm like, I didn't not like any of it. It's like amazing. <laughs> well, what would you have done differently? Okay. Well, why did you paint it flat green? I mean, it's it's like, well, I know the answers because I had 14 seconds left, and I'm like <laughs> trying right. to you know finish it. But right. uh, that was an amazing. I love that show. <laughs> Best job <laughs> I know, ever. The, I know, the winner. I know the winner had, was working for Henson for a while. Is he still, still there? Still yeah. has been there five Good years. Yeah, Bobby. He was a perfect fit, too. He was the exact right guy to win. All right, um, let's see something else you do. Yeah. All right. Pick a number. Uh, uh, 17. Number 17, you sure? Absolutely positive. Is it, is it from my Tasteful Nude series? What's this from? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you dug deep. That is from, okay, there was a movie called House, which was a comedy horror film written by my friend Ethan Wiley. Who worked with me? He was a Marin County uh, guy who worked on Star uh, Jedi with me, and then on Gremlins. Uh -huh. And he, he had written the screenplay at UCLA. We knew each other from UCLA. So when he sold the script, he brought me in to design the creatures for it, to do the conceptual design. Yeah. And so I did a bunch of creatures and characters. There was this big zombie Vietnam vet and stuff. But mm. this is my friend Shannon Shay, who I became. I'm still really good friends with. And the gag was. <laughs> Back then, there was Fangoria magazine, and they always show like Tom Savini or Rick Baker working on. Usually, it was a cut-off <laughs> head from some slasher movie. Oh right! So that's just me sitting up against the table, and Shannon is there with a sculpting tool, looking like right. he's finishing it. Yeah, I love he, that. We did work on yeah. Star Trek Four too, so but I think that was from the house shop. Cool. Um, All right, pick another number. Uh, twenty-four. Number twenty-four. Yes, we could do that. I love this. I can't wait for this. You ready? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Ah! <laughs> yeah. These are, deep, these are deep cuts. This is the best interview I've ever had. Really <laughs> talk about Star Wars, Star Trek, and Muppets. Well, you're picking them. It's in the, it's in the air. So, so Cat's so, Eye. Tell us Cat's about Cat's Eye. Eye. Yeah. So this is a fun story. I had come back to LA I'd finished gremlins I worked on gremlins for about nine months I uh, moved back here did some uh, filming puppeteering uh, on set and I met somebody through it was somebody who worked at Dino De Laurentiis studios oh so they originally called me to go work with David Cronenberg and do designs for uh, oh. recall so I was going to design vehicles, and it's not my strong point. So I remember I called Joe Johnston up. I said, can you come over and just draw vehicles with me, just get my <laughs> head in the, in the right shape? So he did, because he's a pal. And then that project got shelved, but they said, we like you. Uh, there's another project we're doing called Cat's Eye, which is a Stephen King anthology. Would you want to design the creatures for that? I said, sure. So they sent me a script, and there's this little goblin-y creature in it. And so I did about 22 different, I said, I start with the head because we know it was going to be a guy in a suit. That was established. And I met with um, the director, Louis Teague, who'd done the movie Alligator. And we went over some drawings and he picked a couple that he liked. And so I, I think I did a second set. And then we met with Dino and- Oh my Carl gosh. Ram and really? Carlo Rambaldi. Wow. Yeah. wow. So I met with Dino and Carlo Rambaldi and um, Lewis and I are sitting at one side of the table, and Dino and Carlo, and the whole meeting's in Italian. It's just Carlo and Dino going, ah, blah, blah, and oh I look at my drawings, and, and just judging by body language, like, uh, you know, Carlo's, Carlo's like, here's a drawing, and he's, he's, he's going like, no, she's good with no And Dino's like, bah, bah. Dino looked like a, a little toad. He was like a squat guy. <laughs> And uh, so he, the, like, I'm just sitting there, and Lewis is kind of like, he's kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I don't speak Italian either. So essentially, what Carlo said, uh, I can't make these designs. I'm, I have to make my design, uh. and it's going to be great. It's going to be, I'm going mean, to have big water bags on it, so it, it bounces around when it moves, and it'll, it'll be on wires and look, 
you know, because it's like a little frog. It's going to look like yeah. a little mean little frog. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I remember I left with Lewis, and Lewis said, I'm really sorry. I, you know, I obviously have no control over it. I said, no, I get it. He's got to build it. I, I'm, you know, I'm not hurt. I just, yeah. thanks for, you know, you paid me for this. And he goes, well, look, I do have to storyboard like two-thirds of the movie because there's a lot of stuff that needs storyboarding and obviously you can draw would you be interested in that and i said sure uh, so, so so you ended up doing storyboards so i then i went to wilmington north carolina where we shot muppets uh from space, from space and yeah. but i was there for like two months and i storyboarded there was a room a conference room maybe 40 feet by you know 20 feet and uh, and from about three feet up on corkboard, I storyboard just the whole movie. Well, anything that wasn't a dialogue scene, you know, two wow. people talking. But there was uh, a storyboard. In fact, I came up with the ending. So my contributions to that film were storyboarding it, but also the ending. The ending of the original script was the creature gets like smashed behind a door or something. And I was like, no, come on. This is the big payoff. He's been this horrible little monster. And yeah. so I came up with this like Rube Goldberg thing where he, the wind, you know, it goes through a, thing and it ends up getting he goes through a, a fan and just goes <laughs> like right as the parents uh. open the door <laughs> he just splats all over him and lewis loved that he thought it was hilarious because it was stephen king so it's kind of funny and dark right. and so I, I i storyboarded and and uh kind of wrote the the big payoff for that and then as a uh, thank you the art department i became really good friends with the production designer and they named the family the thatchers oh uh, drew yeah. barrymore drew barrymore so That's if you see cool. those there's a shot in the movie where you see the mailbox and it says Thatchers or the Thatchers. Oh, so that wow. Was, that was their little Easter egg for me. So I thought that was sweet. So we both, we've, we've both storyboarded at Sony Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, you I didn't, what did you, did you storyboard on? Muppets, Muppets from, from Space. Space. Oh, I did. Were you there when I was there? Uh, I was there like the first three weeks or something. Oh, I was no, he, there like after. He yeah, came after he left. Yeah. And they gave up storyboarding and just rewrote every day. Yeah, we made it up when we Pretty would get much. there. Oh, my God, yeah. that was crazy. All right. <laughs> All right, pick uh, a number. So, let's see. Seven. Number seven. I'm, I'm going with multiple seven, 17, 24. Ah, oh, classic. Aha. Now we're hey, back to we what... We talked a lot about Yeah, now so people know. Yeah, Star Trek Four. that's just... They took... Uh, the publicity guy said, oh, let's just take some... Fun pictures. I, one, there's one of me holding a Wendy's bag for some reason, um, <laughs> and like Mountain Dew, or they were just—I I don't know what that was all about. But uh, this is just me goofing around with Bill Shatner. So what I just found out, though, what I found oh, out yeah. Uh, yeah. in my research today was that you wrote the song you're listening to on the radio and played it. I wrote it right? and sang it. Cool. Oh wow! Did you play instrument on it as well? No, I couldn't. I had no interest in playing instruments at that time. Um, but I wrote it. And, you know, it was basically like, just right. I mean, I could sing it. And yeah. so what the sound effects editor and sound designer, Mark Mangini, played guitar. Most of the sound guys were musicians. So he broke the four chord guitar thing and played it. And then um, we had a bass player and a drummer, Aaron Glasscock, another sound editor, played the drums, recorded it in the hallway. So it sounded crappy. Yeah. So we shot the scene. I didn't know I was going to play that. When we shot the scene, there was nothing. That's just me going. <laughs> Just oh, trying to okay. do like a what I knew a punk beat was, you know, it was like and so we recorded it, and then Leonard came in to listen to some whale sounds or whale futuristic whale sounds, and and I said, hey, we got the song demo for you. So I remember he put on headphones, we played it for him, and he his face was like, and it was only like a minute and a half long. He takes the headphones off. He goes, it's all, it's terrible. It's awful. And I'm like, I was thinking, oh, he hates it. He goes, so it's perfect. It's a good thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was great. And, and I got to do so much. I mean, that was an amazing, Did I you... mean, Leonard, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying oh, Leonard I... was Leonard and Jim, Leonard Nimoy and Jim Henson were two of my favorite people to work with. They were so generous with giving me responsibility and just letting me do stuff. And letting you be all... yourself. Yeah, but letting me like Leonard's like you're the you're the you know the can the hand of the king sort of with well, that's not the phrase he used but this is my first education in directing a movie beyond the technical because so I'd been all involved in the technical stuff. Right. This was about and you know he came as an actor and he was a very warm kind of emotional person, uh, not a big tech head. So he trusted people and on Star Trek Three he told me 
he felt like he'd been really given the runaround in the uh, special effects department, particularly. Oh. And so oh, I right. just come from ILM like a year earlier. So I knew everybody. So I got the job and was sort of his right-hand guy. And then they made me associate producer. He, right. he told me, I want to name you, make you associate director, but the DGA won't allow it because there really is no associate director and you can't be an assistant director. Right. And if you're an assistant to the director, that's what his the lady who answers his phone did. So mm. I was like, look, I don't care. I mean, I'm happy associate producer. Um, no. But I got to do, I got to uh, write dialogue for that movie. I came up with gags, the, uh, the, the write the song, the talking to the mouse. Hello, computer. That was my joke. Oh, said, right. Scotty wouldn't just type. He thinks computers, you talk to him. So he, he would be, and then the guy says, use the mouse. So Scotty thinks <laughs> it's a microphone. So I got to do that. I'm the voice. I got to write all the questions at the beginning when Spock is in that um, kind of room with all the computer screens. Mm. And it's asking him all those questions. Who said logic is not a civilization, which is in chaos using reason a guy? Correct. Correct. What is the molecular construction of gallium? Correct. But then, so I recorded it for the shoot day because Leonard needed to work to something. And uh, so we just, you know, I stood in front of a mic in the sound booth. It was like, who's that logic the end of our civilization? Trying to do a computer voice. So yeah. they sped it up and, and affected it a little bit. And then at the end, they said, we're just, you know, they said, what do you want to do for that, Leonard? Who should record? And he goes, I'll just use that. That's fine. So <laughs> I actually... The, the producer, Ralph Winter, came and he said, we're not going to give you credit for that. A, because we'd have to get you. Well, I already got my SAG card from the song. Yeah. I hate you. He said, because your name would be in the credits four times. <laughs> so? I'm fine with three. I can yeah. do that. Wow. Um, so that's another little thing that a lot of people don't know. But I had a but, great I had a great. But this, I just wanted to just say, did you forget your costume in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. Punk. That seems, was. That was the it future. Seems like, I know. It seems like you're in the scene, like, but just somehow they like forgot to <laughs> dress you. That's your. That's well, your the reason I'm the reason I'm there. The reason I'm there is not only because I was Leonard's assistant, associate producer. I wrote all the dialogue they're saying, all uh, the technical shit that this guy, the alien guy, Michael Berryman, is saying. I uh -huh. wrote that. That was. A, I wrote all the technical sci-fi garbage. Kind of like you, you, you're dreaming that you're in the movie Star Trek Four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just looking around in my pajamas. I can't believe I'm here. I know. Yeah. That's that Leonard Nimoy. Great. That's Leron Nemo. <laughs> All right, pick pick a pick a number. Let's go. Oh, okay. Uh, you said up to thirty-five. Uh, thirty-seven. Oh, uh, thirty-seven. Oh, the last one. Okay. Oh. All right. Let's see what we got. Aww, he's cute. Oh, the baby. Baby. Baby and the old hobo. Um, so, so that's where we met. Yep. On Dinosaurs. Right? And yeah. uh, that was the last thing I worked on with Jim Henson. Uh, we were in the second round of designing the characters. There was no script. Jim loved to... Jim was very visual. We got along for a ton of reasons, but one of the main ones was he liked to think visually and have people draw before there was ever a script. Hmm. But Brian Froud did paintings for like two years on Dark Crystal before they ever really cobbled together. Right, right. Story. So Brian Froud got two years, I got two days, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was early. It was early. Um, so we had just started that process when sadly he passed away, and then I went to London. We, we sold the show. There they are. I need, yeah. I need a copy of that. I, that's like people, I need that print it's a good to show. sell. It's, it's a great. Just, there's a great dinosaurs 30th reunion um, episode yeah. out on the internet. Yeah, I don't know if you've out. ever seen that. No, whole, I didn't. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't know that happened. Who, who did that? Uh, some uh, brothers or something. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, did anyone on it win an Emmy? You know what? There, I think there's a guy on there who wins. Uh, who won one? I think. Really? But he snub. He wouldn't come on. He he he, he snubbed us. Well, those Emmy Wait, winners, you just you know, told they, them it they, was they, us. they live in rarefied air. But here's all, these are all, you created all of these characters. Yes. I designed all those, uh, and then Michael and Bob, you know, created the characters that, that were written them. But yeah, were, those were all my designs. Your designs. Funny, little anecdotes were like, originally, uh, Charlene and the mom and Fran had hair. Right. <laughs> right. Mom yeah. had like a beehive, and Charlene had like a Jennifer Aniston cut. And I yeah, remember yeah. Brian 
Ryan Henson, Ryan Henson saying, eh, dinosaurs didn't have hair. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, they didn't talk and wear <laughs> pants either. Um, but, you know, I, I, they, did, they did look weird. So the original drawings, uh, Charlene looks more like a hippopotamus with a wig on. Um, but I like how you... I like how you uh, worked out Robbie's hair and made it kind of, yeah, you know, spikes. Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd had iguanas as a kid, and I liked frilled lizards, so I, you know, I just drew from real reptiles. There. Oh, Jesus! There I am. Look at you. Or two fat dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but look at that. Like, that... Uh, look, look like Bruno Kirby if he was. Uh, <laughs> it was like a Macy's float. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Here's a dinosaur. I got your freaking dinosaur. Right here. Yeah, Bruno if Bruno Kirby and Dan Haggerty had a baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was the original drawing for uh, Earl right there. Uh, you brought so much. I mean, look, everyone brought a lot, but you brought so much to that. I remember when they auditioned performers, oh, yeah. and you, you know, people did different characters, and you came in and you did Earl. And I remember uh, originally it wasn't going to be you. We're oh, all, we all watched Jack. the tape. And, and Michael and, and Bob and I and anyone else in the room was like, why isn't shouldn't it be that guy? And Brian was nervous because you guys were friends. Yeah, like, we knew each other. Yeah, yeah, it would look like not nepotism, but you know favoritism. Right. And so he was being overly protective. And I remember <laughs> Michael saying, "Look, I don't care if you're if he's your brother. Like these guys, that's the character." Well, so, I, um, I auditioned too, but. Did you? Apparently the were brother part Angeles? didn't work. It, it was easier no. if you were in L.A., Gino. I, I Actually, I was. That. I was there the whole time. I know. I'm just giving you. But but I, I did but, hear wait, some I of just, that. But I, I never. I need to add. I just oh. want to add. I actually did when they replaced Fran. I actually did audition for Fran. Oh, you really did? After yeah. season two or something? Whatever yes. That replacement. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. No, season one. Or season one. That's right. Tony Prince came in. I think season two. I'm pretty sure. But um, it, it's interesting to hear that because I've I've. Brian kind of, well, he did tell me that story, but I always like was, well, I, you know, I get it. I get that he couldn't like say that's the guy and he wanted to see how everybody else saw it. And he, he said that, he said that Michael Jacobs turned the volume off or something. Right. Yes. And that's how I guess it felt that that was whatever the mannerisms were that felt right or something. Yeah. You had that. It was, I think he even said it maybe in the room at the time, but you were more vulnerable you were playing against what he was saying to do. You uh, weren't. Because right. uh, the other people were kind of like, you know, like, they look right, like... Right, right. I was just doing Jackie Gleason. You were doing Jackie Gleason, but, you know, yeah. it worked. So, right, right. you know, what is it? Amateurs imitate professional steel? That's it. Kirk, Kirk, do you remember directing me at all? I'm sorry. No, John, I don't. What did you do? Oh, Billy, I think you might have a clip there. Uh, really? Let me see. Uh, I believe I do, Jimmy. <laughs> what are they selling? Half-baked ham? Oh, a pork joke! How original, Joan! Here, let me try. Plastic surgery, plastic surgery, plastic surgery! Oh! Now, if you'll excuse me. You're not going hey, anywhere. Hey, let your hands off you me! You just touched my breast. Joke's on you. They're down there now. Oh, next time I'll kick yes. you in the shin! You tried to yeah. give oh, me oh, the shin. Oh, oh, oh! That it! I think I think the waiter gave it authenticity. You, yeah, you very grounded. Nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> well, we shot that on a regular camera, but they wanted to. Uh, so you were in it much more. And I know. Like, oh, I got no, cropped. So they cropped it, and you 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 basically yeah. Sorry, it's a shame. Good it's stunt. Right. It was though. so much fun. I, I loved it. You, you, you asked me to do it. That was a QVC, right? Mm -hmm. Shot that in what is in it Philly. called? Like, Prince of Persia, what's the name of that town? King, King, of, King of Prussia. 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 <laughs> I was like, King, that's a town in the malls there? Yeah. We were that's where our mother school. lived. Yeah. King of Prussia. Uh, Go ahead, pick another number. Come on. Now we're knocking them out, baby. 11. Number 11? Number 11. Yeah. All right. Hi. I like this. We're jumping around a little bit. I like it. Who's that guy? Look, it's... Uh, <laughs> every. Every different hat beard combo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was fun, huh? We had a great time doing this, didn't we? Bobby Moynihan, I take credit for that because he had just left SNL and I'd always been a huge fan of yeah. his. And I met him two years earlier at Comic Con because he was at a Chikino concert. Uh, Michael 
was conducting uh, a Star Trek, I think, uh, score live. It was Star Trek. And Bobby was there, and Dave Golds knew him or had met him. So he knew Dave. Yeah, so David live. From SNL, yeah. And I said, Bobby Moynihan just left SNL. I know he likes the Muppets. He's the exact right tone. He's sweet. He's funny. He's silly. I guess whoever ran it up, they went, yeah, we'll, we'll meet with him or look at him. And then he was just such perfect casting. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't think we, I don't think we mentioned that that's for Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes. Oh, we didn't? Oh, right. Yeah. And, and he went to the O2, did the O2 in London as well. He came with yeah, us. He, and he couldn't have been happier. He was just so giddy to do it. I mean, it's most guest stars, as you know, like working with us and they have fun. But he was literally a fan. I mean, like, you know, he probably asked for everyone's autograph. He was a huge fan. So yeah. the fact that tonally he's right and, you know, he would have done it for free probably. Um, <laughs> well, that was the thing. He, he really that. was the, um, he was like putting somebody from the audience on stage. That's what yeah. he brought, like that feeling of, oh, my God, he really loves doing yeah. this. And it's such a sweet guy and funny. So it's like funny. a Muppet. We always say there's actors who are Muppets. He's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Just All right. Can we do a couple more? Uh, uh, 29. <laughs> 29? Like a are you sure? Yeah, it's from when you... It's I was, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. Great. That was so much. So, that so was we're not my, talking about directing. We're talking about your amazing writing. Writing. Oh, you're very sweet. So, this is the only Muppet movie I wrote that got made or co-wrote, I should say. <laughs> Work with Jerry Jewell, who, if you don't know, was the uh, probably the first person Jim hired, and was the head writer on the Muppet Show, the original Muppet series. And the sweet, another sweet, amazingly sweet guy. And so, uh, we uh, Christmas Carol come out and done well. And so they like the idea of putting the Muppets in, you know, period pieces or not just being the Muppets doing a show. Yeah. And so we came down to two ideas. One was a, a King Arthur movie, and the other one was my pitch, which was let's do a pirate movie, mm. like. Treasure Island, I said, because the Muppets, I, I love the craziness of the Muppets, and the weird characters and kind of the absurdity. To me, a big rollicking pirate adventure, uh, you know, with the Muppets kind of not actually really fitting in in some ways, but like, you know, Sweetums as a pirate just seemed perfect to me. And we pitched it and I convinced Jerry it was a good idea. And the original draft was completely bananas. It starts out like Treasure Island. <laughs> uh, originally, there was no Jim Hawkins. Gonzo and Rizzo were Jim and Hawkins. Oh, was one big, thing, big, I said, based on the I, Christmas Carol thing, kind of? Was that why do we always have to have a kid in a kid's movie? I hated that. Hmm. I said, especially human kids, so let's make Jim and Hawkins, you know, I immature, but they're Muppets. Because it, it's always like, oh, the stars are the main characters and the Muppets are the secondary characters. <laughs> uh, so it was originally Jim and Hawkins, and... It's the, the first half was about the same. Squire Trelawney and, and uh, had the Mr. Bimbo and all that. But then when they got to the island, it became like a road picture. Somehow this tiki god was invoked and chased them all down. I mean, it just went off the rails. So we did that, and uh, I remember everyone's like, that's really funny, but it's too out there. So, you know, try to bring it back more to... Uh, Story. Yeah, the actual story. So we did, and I can't remember if we also, if they said we want a boy actor to be. So uh -huh. we just, we basically gave Gonzo and Lizzo the same lines. We just added a human kid in, in there with them. We did a few drafts, and then they brought in James Hart, James V. Hart, who was a writer who had done uh, Coppola's Dracula, and he'd done Kenneth Branagh and De Niro's Frankenstein. So he sort of, what he really changed was the second act. He made it very close to the book. But he, he brought, the, kind of grounded it in the middle, particularly with Jim and Long John. And then uh, Jerry and I did, so we kind of just started it and finished it, and he worked in the middle. And then, uh, so the things that are very much me was Mr. Bimbo, which I remember uh -huh. Frank, when Frank first read it, because Frank wasn't, <laughs> at the time, he was not directing Steve Martin movies. And I remember the, before the read through, he's like, so he's crazy? I'm like, yeah, he's soft-headed you know rich kid who's never worked a day in his life 
so he has imaginary friend because he was rich and didn't have anyone to play with. He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> you know, Jerry, Jerry and Frank had this thing where it's like, you know, Jerry's like, oh, geez, Frank hates, you know, hates the writing. And uh, so Frank tried it and it got huge laughs. Because at least Frank didn't throw it away. You know, he's like, right, oh, he goes for it. Yeah. He, he says, I'm going to make it work if it's going to work. And a huge laugh. So I remember he said afterward, screw it. Got a huge laugh. Keep it in. Um, so that was very me, uh, Billy Bones. I wanted Billy Connolly. In fact, yeah, there he is. Wow, look at you. You're a Billy Connolly fan. So when there was Billy Bones, even when we're writing it, I told Jerry it's got to be Billy Connolly. So he wrote it with the Scottish kind of, we didn't write it in phonetic Scottish because that would seem. But you uh, knew, you could hear it in your head. Exactly. Like, you know, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. So yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy is a Scottish word for like, hey, buddy. Hey, Jimmy. Huh. Like, that's what you call somebody you don't know, like, instead of Mac or Hey, Buddy. Huh. So, I just, yeah, we wrote it with his voice. And I remember with first read-through, we didn't have him yet. And I would read Billy Bones' part. And I'd do huh. it as Billy Connolly, you know. And then, I think it was Dave Goals, or one of the main, Steve or Dave, didn't know who he was. Oh. Um, and we had the read-through, and someone came up to me. It, it might have been someone else, but I think it was one of the Maybe it was me. It was you. It might have been you. Somebody <laughs> oh, he sounds just like you. <laughs> um, yeah. All the insanity. A cabin fever was all me because I was a kid and I was like, when I'm a kid and you're seeing a movie and in the middle it's boring and they're talking about relationships. Right. And I fly and you know what. So I, I always want, so I know in the book they, they hit, I think they call it being in irons where there's no wind and they're just stuck at sea. I said, that'd be great if they get. I called it cabin fever because that's what you call it when you're stuck. And so that became, and, and Barry and Cynthia deserve so much credit. So good. Barry and I would just give them a song about going crazy at sea and we'd write in some gags or something. And then they would just knock it out of the park. You And, and you know, in addition to your sense of story and characters, you always bring that, uh, that extra just insanity. You well, know, to me, that, that's well, it's a Muppet, but like if we're going to do a pirate movie and just doing Treasure Island, like to me, why are you doing it with Muppets? I mean, to me, that's, I mean, even Jim used to say, if you can do it with people, don't do it with puppets because it's 10 right. times harder. And what's, you know, why are you killing yourself? But you're, and you're so witty and fast and you do, you generally have so many characters in you. I don't think people, I don't think people know that. I mean, you do amazing impressions of people. You you do, you just you have tons of characters, and you understand character, and you just you're just such a breath of life in a writing room. It's just there's always something. You find a way to just put a twist on it and make it crazy and fun. And I think that's that's what people experience with the Muppets. That's you know you're you're a big part of bringing that feeling and that voice to these characters that we get to try and. Well, <laughs> recreate. Well, you that's know, what that's know. what I love is you and I work together because you come from the performer thing, and so we you, we we laugh about this. Our first kind of <laughs> from Muppets tonight. I was a writer. I was one of the main writers, and we just we still laugh about it. But to me, that's a great creative collaboration. Is you both are coming from a strong point, and you in but, the middle. And so so I I guess you know my so Kirk is like he's fast and the witty and and the jokes and the crazy. And if it's funny, you know, you do it. It's funny. How can yeah. you not do it if it's funny? And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm in my Muppets Tonight time where I'm right. like, I've got new characters and I'm thinking about, you know, the character work and I'm being really like, is this feel right? And, and so Kirk and I would have these. <laughs> We're on set. And Bill, yeah. so what drives me nuts about Bill and why I love him is like, he'll just throw some amazing ad libs that are, and everyone's dying. And I go, yeah, do that. Yeah, that's great. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's not, uh, it's not, I'm not going to do that. And then you do something that's why I'm like, just do the thing you did. It, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's everyone's crying, laughing. Ah, we, so we'd have these arguments. I go, but Bobo wouldn't really say that. But it's funny. What do you mean he wouldn't say? He just said it. He's what do you mean he wouldn't say there as a security guard. It's like we having a reality problem. He did just say it. Yeah. He just yeah, said it. What do you mean? I yeah. love what you do. Do it. <laughs> oh, no. So no, it didn't feel right. But when you guys start, and any performer starts getting in their head, 
you lose the immediacy of it. And I think that's, and that, that is the push and pull of, of what we do. Mm. Um, people, you know, when people ask me about directing, a lot of it is the technical aspects and coverage and, you know, all that. But the fun part for me, the, uh, uh, besides setting up the sets and all that. And once you, once you walk on set, the fun of directing is making something come alive that the paper is the blueprint. The script is the blueprint and as a writer, I've never been precious about, well, my writing, because I'm not great. But uh, yes, to me, there's, I've worked with great writers. But anyway. You're collaborative is what it is. You're open that, to That's the part I love. The collaboration is like, well, here's what I'm trying to say. Let's play with it. And, and that to me is the fun. When people are like, it must be fun. I said, well, it's, it's a grind. Hmm. But the fun part is that, is like when we're all in the moment and you, you, know, you guys are riffing on the intention Right. And it's funnier. I mean, uh, it, just to bring up something contemporary, Peter Linz with uh, Joe the Weasel. Joe the Weasel. Joe the Legal Weasel now. was a one-bit character for one scene. Yep. And we were just there, and it wasn't really funny. It was just like, oh, yes. We, we, originally, he kind of did it in New York. And he, Sorry, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. So we just started workshopping it. I remember Matt was there, and you were there, and we're all just... Yeah. And, and he just starts... Peter just starts pulling it out of his head well and, and he came up with that really serious and, yeah. and also jim lewis threw out a really bad joke and i right. think that's and then he did the laugh well the and pause was, and then oh! right yeah. and then it and became then, it became a lawyer a serious lawyer with a really bad sense of humor right. the, the just the worst this guy's gonna be and the funny he's gonna and he just found it he started to yeah. find it you know and, and you and, guys kept feeding him stuff and yeah that, that was magic like that's i remember i was all excited like yes this is funny. This is yeah. we can use this. I think that's the biggest frustration for, for all of us, is people come in and go, oh, I can I can write them up. It's I, I Kermit loves Piggy, <laughs> and, and Piggy Piggy wants to the have stereotypes. Kermit. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just kind of go like, and, and Piggy's like, oh, a pig joke, ah! and Kermit's like, oh, Piggy, you're crazy, and and there's no, they're they're yeah, they're dead. They're dehydrated, mummified muppets. Mm. Whereas when we're in the moment. Uh, and, and the characters come alive again, particularly once you guys create out of you know yourself, which is obviously where they all came from originally. Um, uh, it, it's really that's the magic. But yeah. the thing that we've done that I'm really happy about, and starting with the Hollywood Bowl hmm. after the the TV series and, and a couple other things, let's bring the performers in early because I know <laughs> they're more than just people who read the lines. It's hmm. Because Hollywood, particularly television, is structured now where the writers are king and the actors do what the writers say until it's season five and they know the characters well enough and then they'll let them play. But the Muppets, because they've been around so long, the performers are so integral and so it, it has to be much more of a um, collaboration. And again, that started with Jim and Frank and, and the other guys. Yeah. But that's when it works. And I think a lot of the programs and things that have been tried or even that were going to happen were not doing that, as, as you know. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of inside baseball, but it, it only really works now. And I'm glad we did it because the you know, Hollywood Bowl, like everyone, including us, was like, holy shit, this is what the Muppets are. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah. I still keep saying that. Why aren't we doing this? Well, and that's um, it's interesting, you know, and, and like so for the, the times that I've been in this like a producing role, that's what I've always pushed for, you know, and even on that last series. But the thing is, and we were talking with Jane, and she said how Jim wasn't, um, in, a, in a very rare way, was a person who wasn't afraid to, um, you know, take, take a risk yeah. and, oh, and, and try something. And what we haven't had right. is someone who owns the Muppets or, right. you know, is paying for the Muppets that can afford to take a risk that they're not sure well, will pay off or not. And so... We fortunately now are in a mode where we have people who believe in the process that you're talking about. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's, I, you know, that we're headed in that direction more. And Muppets Now is the, the beginnings of that and has right. those aspects and the, that feeling. But I'm, I'm, right. I feel good that we're moving in that direction. No, and I, and I that's hope we right. keep I, doing and it. Even, and even on the Muppet Show, Jerry Jewell said, you know, it was always the writers and the performers Hmm. And uh, Jerry had this great line, which was, 
when it was something wasn't working on set, like Frank would be like, "It's just not, it's not funny, or it's not working." Right. Jerry, Jerry said his his go to was, "It was funny when it left this room." <laughs> <laughs> but they I weren't afraid to f- they weren't afraid to fail, you know, and right. that's that's where we're playing with people's money who are afraid that we could fail, and that's that's yeah. a hard thing to you know to just well, say let them go and do it. It's, and I, it's, it's working. Been, yeah, it's because everything has to be a home run too. Well, yeah, uh, of course, yeah, uh, uh, and that's Hollywood. That's not just the Disney. Corporate. No, absolutely, absolutely. That's absolutely. why they just keep remaking. You know, are Kermit and Piggy going to get married? Some, <laughs> some article just did something about like, isn't it time to get another relationship at the core of the Muppets? Like, <laughs> I, I've been ten years. Can't they just be married and and she's pregnant? Because I I don't know why. Because to me that would get everybody back. Because who doesn't want to see Piggy? Suddenly being a mother, but being a Kardashian. How about those babies? You could design yeah. some good babies. But, you know, I wrote one, one Statler and Waldorf joke, and it was in Muppets from Space. And uh, I don't think we... Did we actually do it? Was it in there? Something like, what do you get when you cross a frog with a pig? And what? Baby back ribbits. <laughs> that's the joke, and then Piggy would just belt him. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think it got it in the movie, but that was my one, my kid joke. The joke I got in that people remember, which is weird to me, is Pepe was saying, "If you do that, I will smack you. I will smack you like a bad, bad donkey." Yeah. And to me, it's like it's like saying like beat you like a redheaded stepchild, but his version <laughs> of it. People have that quote that all the time. It's so weird. It was not a line I thought would be remembered. Uh, people tell me all the time. They say I love that line. I say it's I didn't write it. It's got no, Kirk came up with it, and they. Well, you, I mean, so much of Pepe as you. I'm 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 very proud to have a couple lines. Wasn't oh my a weird god. Line. Well, it's more than that. I mean, here's the thing. I think we've got to probably wrap up, but I just want yeah. to say one thing and. Maybe we won't go on about it, but I just want people to know that if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't probably have Pepe. And the fact that you and I collaborated on that and came together based on Christina's aunt, uh, who you met in England while we were doing Treasure Island, and we were riffing on her. And then we collaborated and started talking about what he could be. And that's, you know, you and I came up with who this character would be. I love um, Pepe. I just wish I we had some more characters. time to do it, but you know. I love Pepe and Bobo. I, I, I the Bobo scooter stuff. Oh yeah, I that's just, fun. I just want to do. I just want to do a road picture with Bobo and Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, the two man. of them in a car going somewhere. Scooter's mom is in the hospital, and Bobo's. Right. Bobo's. Right. I don't know. Anyway, I do have to go. I yes. Just, Sorry. I'm, very. I'm very important. It's right. been really. It's been really wonderful oh, speaking with you tonight. It's lovely. Delight, boys. I, I I didn't actually anticipate having such a jolly good time. Well, and we must do it again. Oh, Absolutely. But, uh, yes, I w- we'd love to have you over for tea, and perhaps we could discuss other um, incredible awards and and things that you've received over the years. Oh, I did win an Emmy. Did I mention that? Oh, I don't what? Very shiny. Yes. Congratulations. Oh. Well, it's been lovely chatting with you, Kirk uh, Thatcher. Goodbye, chappies. Goodbye, love. Cheers. Thank you. So Love you. you guys. Thanks, great. man. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. There you go. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's kind of interesting. Any other guests you want? Right now? No. That's no. enough. Okay. Once you've had an hour of Kirk. You need a you need a good break. You need a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, and a cocktail. <laughs> uh, he's amazing. I don't I don't smoke. Isn't it amazing though? All this stuff. Like what a what a career he's had so far. I mean, yeah, man. I, I gave him a new nickname. Renaissance punk. Renaissance punk. <laughs> I mean, he's and there's more. You know, there's more in the future. Can't wait to see what else he's going to do. Well, we didn't. I don't uh, think we even covered everything. God no, we didn't talk about. We didn't get all the uh, all the Muppet specials and all all the you know social media stuff that he's directed. Just just the Muppet stuff alone. There's so much that we didn't even get on or get close to. But uh, you know, we spent some time, and we unfortunately we have to edit down, and there's stuff that gets lost, but. Man, 
Well, look, maybe, you know, maybe in the future we'll put out outtakes. Maybe if they subscribe, if we're we around long enough, more, con more content, right? Actually, if you join the mailing list, there may be content that you're privy to that not everyone else is. Subscribe. Mailing All right. List. Okay. So well, remind them. Uh, well, next week we have Gene. Who are we? Who do we have next week? I'm not telling. We're not telling. I don't have to tell you everything. That's Look right. for our promos. I'm putting yeah. out ads. Yep. Stay alert. Stay on it. And who's going to come the week? Who's Sunday, uh, September 6th? Ricky Gervais. Gervais. All right. And I just finished watching the second season of Afterlife, which is really good. You have to watch it. Really, really good. Highly Anything recommend it. It's good. Seriously. All right. Okay. Uh, good show. I can make the show end anytime you, you want. Oh, how about um, now? Thanks for listening. We're a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to thebarettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.